Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Hello again, hushlings, and welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our colleague, Slick Frank Sanders. Slick Frank Sanders here. How you guys doing? Doing well, boys. Doing well. I'm doing good. Last debriefing, we covered the Zeta Reticuli incident dealing with the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. This week's debriefing, we're going to be getting into the conspiracy of the 2012 apocalypse. Did the world end in 2012? We all dead. <laughs> Nicky, you dead? <laughs> it's our ninth debriefing. It is. It, it is, is our ninth debriefing, yes. We have one more before our season finale, our live show. It's going to be uh, pretty titillating. And then that's all she wrote, folks. <laughs> <laughs> then we will be taking a break, and we will be back with season two. Just high energy, uh, fever pitch. We're going to be full of brand new conspiracies. It's going to be a real box social. It's going to be a hoot. <laughs> a hoot nanny. Good old yeah. hoot nanny. <laughs> well, before we get into the end of the world, we just want to remind you that we are on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make sure to get on over to our YouTube channel where we have all the audio uploaded from every episode. Go on there, hit that subscribe button, and listen to our sweet, sweet tonal voices. Also, make sure to reach out to us on our email with any topics, any questions from past episodes, any anything that you want to say to us, you, you want to tell us we're doing a great job, just say hello. Email us at hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. For debriefing number nine, as Frank said, we will be discussing whether the world, or at least our version of reality, ended in the year 2012. The 2012 phenomenon was a range of beliefs that cataclysmic or transformative events would occur around or on December 21st, 2012. To understand this theory, we have to take a look at a timeline of 2012 and the years that followed. We also will look at the lore surrounding the infamous year and its possible cataclysmic end. We begin with where the belief came from in the first place that is following the beliefs and timelines of the Mayan culture and their calendar system. 2012 was regarded as the end date of a 5,126 year long cycle in the long count calendar. It's a long time. And festivities took place on 122112 to commemorate the event. A New Age interpretation held that the date marked the start of a period which Earth and its inhabitants would undergo a positive physical or spiritual transformation. Many believed it would be the date the Earth collided with a black hole, or meet its end due to solar maximum, which is a period of sun activity strife with solar flares. Which is fascinating considering NASA at one point had said that there would be a solar maximum around the year 2011. Another popular idea regarding the Mayan apocalypse was the collision with the planet Nirubu, or Planet X. 
The idea was first put forward in 1995 by Nancy Leader, founder of the website Zeta Talk. Leader described herself as a contactee with the ability to receive messages from extraterrestrials from the Zeta Reticuli star system through an implant in her brain. She states that she was chosen to warn mankind of the object that would sweep through the inner solar system in May 2003, though that date was later postponed, causing Earth to undergo a physical pole shift that would destroy most of humanity. Another claim involved alien invasion. In December 2010, an article first published in examiner.com claimed that SETI had detected three large spacecraft due to arrive at Earth in 2012. It's interesting that it all circles back around to the Zeta Reticuli system. I wonder if that had anything to do with the Betty and Barney Hill situation or the infamy that followed with that star system with their incident. Well, it keeps coming up, and I believe it's mentioned in the Roswell incident with that, and then Area 51 stuff, and then with Betty and Barney Hill... It's mentioned multiple, multiple times, so there's got to be some relevance to it in reality if that is mentioned a lot. So could the Mayans been given... I feel like this is an episode of Ancient Aliens for a second, but... this (laughs) (laughs) Ancient astronaut theorists suggest. (laughs) (laughs) Were the Mayans actually given some type of knowledge? A lot of their beliefs are from star people, per se. So they say, yeah. I mean, it does correlate. They have a lot of lore and and even their calendar system revolves kind of around space phenomena and the alignment of stars and solar eclipses and lunar eclipses. So it's they they very much had their eyes towards the skies. The solar maximum, too. I mean, that's that brings, I believe, what is it, an 11 year cycle of maximum height? of solar activity and then it goes back and forth and if you're at a solar maximum i guess that would bring i guess in theory more geological activity from solar storms hitting bombarding the planet so that could bring more cataclysm i guess per se in that timeline the earth is also getting belted with radiation from the sun yeah yeah but the atmosphere eats most of it up i read somewhere that the earth gets hit by a solar flare once or twice a week and we never know about it because the atmosphere just kind of eats it up then again you also have to think of our dissipating atmosphere so with global warming and the rise of carbon in in our atmosphere it's creating that greenhouse effect and eating away at the ozone so solar flares and things of that kind are i guess growing in danger maybe yeah, I know what you're getting at. Like the the risk of it actually impacting us in a significant way is like increased. Back in 2003, when we had the blackout, that was supposedly caused from a failure in what was it, in upstate New York or Montreal or something around that area. I believe that that was a solar storm that actually caused that to happen. In 1966, Michael D. Coe wrote in the Maya. Quote, there is a suggestion that Armageddon would overtake the degenerate peoples of the world and all creation on the final day of the 13th Baktun. Thus, our present universe would be annihilated when the great cycle of the long count reaches completion. Author Graham Hancock, in his book Fingerprints of the Gods, interpreted Ko's remarks in Breaking the Maya Code as evidence for prophecy of a global cataclysm. 
Filmmaker Roland Emmerich later credited the book with inspiring his 2009 disaster film, 2012. Did you guys ever see the movie 2012? Yeah, and yeah. it freaked me the fuck out. That's right. You know, I'm like 10 <laughs> years old, and I'm watching this shit, and I was like, great. You know, I'm not even going to get to see my teens. <laughs> Graham Hancock's a great author, by the way, if anybody that is into any of this stuff his books are really good. He has really incredible segments on other podcasts, and I have read Fingerprints of the Gods. It blows your mind to think a completely different way. What people were thinking then, how it came to be, and how we got to where we are now. I kind of slot Graham Hancock along the lines of Bob Lazar. We had said in previous episodes that Bob Lazar was rectified in his belief and his story about UFOs and their existence. And Graham Hancock is, he's kind of in the same vein, not so much with with the UFOs and whatnot, but he gets into the history of mankind and how humans have been around a lot longer than archaeologists have been saying for years upon years. And he kind of caught a lot of flack, especially from archaeologists and from different scientists and doctors and whatnot. They gave him a lot of flack and saying that he was wrong and for years upon years he stuck to what he was thinking and stuck to his findings and come to find out now they're finding that humans have been around hundreds of thousands of years longer than archaeologists were saying and definitely giving weight to the argument that Graham Hancock has been making along with Randall Carlson for years upon years now. Randall Carlson is a geologist that has done a lot of work with Graham Hancock as well. Because Graham Hancock, he got the flack because he's an archaeologist and a professional diver and has found all these, like you said, older things. And his real main focus is, I think it's like fringe science almost. It's archaeoastronomy. So he takes archaeological sites and correlates them with the stars and how ancient civilizations made that correlation. It's very interesting stuff. Yeah, so Fingerprints of the Gods was released in 1995. Magicians of the Gods came out around the big Joe Rogan hype when he was on his podcast in 2015. And he just released a a new book last year called America Before, The Key to Earth's Lost Civilization. So it's really, really cool shit. Heavy reading, but it's good. That segues us into Terrence McKenna. Now, Terrence McKenna deeply believed in the world ending in 2012. He based his findings on the Mayan calendar, the I Ching, and created novelty theory and something called Time Wave Zero. These theories purport that each moment in time had a coinciding moment in another point in time. That this event had happened at another time eons ago and will again eons into the future. He mapped using these beliefs that 2012 would hold some sort of major event to change humanity's history. His biggest one was like a shift in consciousness. That was his major thing, that he thought maybe not the world was going to end, but we were going to enter a new age of consciousness, whether it be good or bad. And I mean, I think it's the latter. Terrence McKenna, he was heavily into psychedelics, most prominently psychedelic mushrooms, DMT, acid, stuff like that. But he was he was all about psychedelics and he thought that a lot of our consciousness could be elevated through the use of psychedelics and whatnot. He was also a very, very scientific man. You know, him mixing something like the I Ching together with novelty theory and time wave zero. So novelty theory was the theory that very few points in history and throughout time and space 
there was anything novel that really happened. So everything that has happened will happen again and again and again and again. And the way that he kind of explained it was that time is a spiral. And if you look at a point in the spiral, there's another point further down the line in the spiral that is almost the same event. And it just goes on and on in time. For him to kind of get very not only philosophical with it but also scientific with it and look at it and say okay well maybe it's not the end of the world in 2012 but something major will happen because something major has happened in the past and something major will happen further into the future it's that kind of lateral thinking that really drove the 2012 belief him along with a lot of other people between Terrence McKenna and Graham Hancock and Michael Douglas Cole people really took it to a higher level and said all right maybe it's not the physical end of us but the end of what we are now according to the popol vol a compilation of the creation accounts of the kichi maya we are living in the fourth world so the first three worlds were created and they were failures and they had the lifespan of 13 baktons or roughly 5125 years the end of the world interpretation is something of a western construct, whereas it's believed 2012 was just the end of the particular cycle of time measured and that it would just start a new Bakhtun or era. The Mayans and its subsequent cultures saw this as a time of renewal, rebirth, a positive time. One interesting thing that lies within the only description of the 13th Bakhtun on what's known as the Tortugara Monument 6 one in a series of inscriptions. It describes the god Bolon Yakte appearing from the skies. He also appears in inscriptions from Palenque, Yusamacinta, and Lamar as a god of war, conflict, and the underworld. In one steel, he's portrayed with a rope tied around his neck, and in another, with an incense bag, together signifying a sacrifice to the end of a cycle of years. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> Why do you have a rope tied around his neck? He was like, I, I'm going to head out. Like, this is the end of this. It was a sacrifice. So in 2012, in the Latin cultures or in the Mayan descendant cultures, when they celebrated the end of the 13th Bakhtang, they had somebody who would dress up as the Yakte, the god. And they would parade him around the streets and around the city. And it was a, it was a celebration of the coming of a god to meet its people. Hmm. Pretty interesting. So for the world ending, it's kind of an interpretation of Westerners. Like Westerners looked at it. There are no years past this point. So this obviously means that it's the end of the world. You didn't account for any years past this. So it's got to be the end. Fake news. But for these for these cultures, it was for, for what it really is. It's, it is something to celebrate. <laughs> something to celebrate and an accomplishment. Yeah, it's yeah. it's moving on to the next the next point in your life, the next whatever, you know, the next good part. Were you freaked out on the eve of December 21st, 2012? Absolutely. To be completely honest, I I missed it. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I I just didn't I didn't even think about you it. You just weren't aware. Yeah, I just didn't even think about it. It came and went and with no fanfare from me. We might have been hanging out me and my brother, we, we shared a room. We were freaking out. We couldn't fall asleep. In 2012? <laughs> yeah, me and Alex. Dude, there was no sleeping. We were freaked out. <laughs> tweaking. 
Mike, we might have been out out and about having beers that night. Who knows? I mean, it could have been. It could have been. We could have been. See, and that's what I'm saying. It could have just came and went. Living life to its fullest. Shit. It's an odd question to ask, guys. But what year are we actually in? Currently, 2020. Does it matter though? The worst year. Does it really matter? I feel like it's subjective. <laughs> yeah. In modern day, we use what is known as the Gregorian calendar. It was proclaimed in 1582 by Pope Gregory the 13th. As a reform of the Julian calendar, there is only a difference of a roughly 13 days between the two calendars. But with our wonderful leap years, the actual length of days and years over 400 years being slightly off, many claim we are roughly eight years over from what the original Julian calendar date would be. Hmm. And if we're in 2020 and you go back eight years, I'm not good at math. What year is that? That's roughly one year after 2011. No? It's before 2013 as well. Something like that. There exists many other calendars with varying claims as to what year it actually is. The most interesting calendar is the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian calendar is a solar calendar that has more in common with the Coptic calendar, but like the Julian calendar, it adds a leap day every four years without exception and for no fucking reason. (laughs) 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 And begins the year on August 29th. That's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. Or August 30th in the Julian calendar. Happy belated birthday. Yeah. A gap of seven to eight years between the Ethiopian Gregorian calendars, a result from an alternative calculation in determining the date of the Annunciation. The Annunciation. Well, for those that are unfamiliar with the Annunciation, let me lay down some Bible for you. That was the day the Archangel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she would bear a child. So according to the Ethiopian calendar, we're currently in the year 2012. Doesn't Ethiopia also claim to have the Ark of the Covenant in some, like, church? Mm. So we should be following the Ethiopian calendar because they hold the Ark. They're calling the shots. Why? How do you figure? That's a pretty big correlation, If at least biblically, if you're going along that story. What does the Ark of the Covenant have to do with their calendar, though? It has nothing. No, it's just... They're not calling no shots. But if they do have the Ark of the Covenant, isn't it supposed to be a weapon? Mm. Is it? Supposedly holds the Ten Commandments. Oh, Can, okay. Yeah, but but has... Have you seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar yeah, with yeah. it. It makes your I face mean, bubble. That's, that's if, if that's how it was, then fuck that. You guys keep it. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody else took on the Gregorian calendar and the Julian calendar. The Ethiopian Christians followed their own calendar system. So they broke off from the Gregorian calendar, didn't follow the Pope's calendar. They're also kind of like a sect of the Protestants. The Ethiopian Protestants went on and had their own calendar. To them, it's the year 2012. So we want to take a look at the possible major events that happened in 2012 to make us believe that maybe something happened, maybe our Earth did end, maybe it transported to a new dimension, maybe 
we all died and we're all living in hell. Is it possible that there was a singular event in 2012 that may have set the human race to its demise? Looking at the timeline of 2012 and all its major events, there's only one thing that stands out and it's quite remarkable compared to all the rest. And that's the discovery of the Higgs boson particle. To put it plainly, the Higgs boson was a theoretical particle. And I say was because after this, it's no longer theoretical. Within physics that gives other particles their mass, otherwise known as the God particle. Now, it wasn't known as the God particle just because it could give other particles mass. It was actually known as the goddamn particle because it was so goddamn hard to make. That's actually a real, mm. a real fact for you. The Higgs boson was initially discovered as a new particle in 2012 by the Atlas and CMS collaborations based on collisions in the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. And the new particle was subsequently confirmed to match the expected properties of a Higgs boson over the following years. If you don't know what CERN is, I'm going to tell you what CERN is in a nutshell. But there were a couple other events in 2012 that were... Finding the God particle, I would say, is pretty substantial. But there were a couple other things that happened. One, getting closer to the dates of actual December 21st, you have the unfortunate mass shooting at Sandy Hook. You have Barack Obama gets his second term as the president of the United States in 2012. You have Hurricane Sandy that happens in 2012. And you also have a, a fun one, Felix Baumgartner, the Red Bull guy that jumped out of the Stratos helium-filled balloon and free fell to Earth. That's pretty that was badass. That was October 14th, 2012. I can also think that 2012 definitely happened. We're probably dead because October 26th, Windows 8 was released. Uh, now that is the end of the fucking it. world as that's I know it. it because, yeah. Wrap up this so, episode. <laughs> to wrap. So, yeah, that's it. There was a solar storm of 2012 which was an unusually large coronal mass ejection, which what we were talking about earlier. There was the Aurora, Colorado shooting. Plenty of things that happened in 2012 that sucked leading up to the 21st of December. See, when I was looking at the timeline of 2012, I didn't really think as, as sad as a mass shooting was that that was like a world ending thing. If you got down to the philosophical look at did the world end in 2012? Yeah, I think we can all agree that since that year, things have been kind of shitty. The world has gotten much more violent, <laughs> much more violent. A steady, a steady decline. Yeah, more so by the year for sure. In its own ways, history has violence everywhere. But we have, in our lifetime, we we have seen a major transformation. At least, I mean, you can't put a date on it. You can see around probably around that time. If the world did end in 2012, I got to see the Boston Bruins win in 2011. Hey. So, haha, ha, hey. Maybe so, that's what caused there's it. There's that. <laughs> yeah. Hushling, we'll be right back after this short message. Attention Hushlings, Frank Sanders here with Declassified Dave and I'm Mystery Mike. We'll be having a live debriefing Monday, November 9th live on Facebook. Make sure you join the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour group to tune in. This debriefing will be available on our Spotify and YouTube shortly after. Join us for an exclusive episode where we recap Season 1, we talk a new conspiracy and a secret society, answer your questions, and reveal new things for Season 2, as well as our brand new Cryptid Chronicles. Again, thank you Hushlings for making Season 1 of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour such a blast, and we look forward to seeing you in Season 2. 
Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Okay, so if, if for those of you who don't know what CERN is, it's an European research organization that operates the largest particle physics laboratory in the world. It was established actually in 1954. Lots of things happen in that. The organization is based in northwest suburb of Geneva on the Franco-Swiss border and has 23 member states. Israel is the only non-European country granted full membership. CERN is also an official United Nations observer. And the most well-known facility that they run is the Large Hydron Collider that we're talking about, where they, in 2012, found the Higgs boson. In March 2013, CERN announced that the measurements performed on a newly found particle allowed it to conclude that it was the Higgs boson particle. So just after the turn of the year, they announced publicly. Mm. I feel like it's important to say that there's a statue of Shiva at yeah. CERN. Yeah. Because it's like this goddess of life and destruction. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's uh... Maybe, maybe not. I feel like it's odd like to be at a research it is, facility. It is a little odd. But I would I would agree. It's almost as odd as alien skulls and pictures of the apocalypse at the Denver airport. But, you know, (laughs) that's another story. Now, you might be asking yourself, why is this important? What does this have to do with the end of the world? The Higgs-Boson particle is the same particle Stephen Hawking, the famous theoretical physicist, warned one day may be responsible for the destruction of the known universe. And he's not the only physicist to have thought so. It is said that the universe rides on the edge of stable and unstable constantly. The God particle could tip the scales to make the universe unstable, therefore creating an ever-expanding vacuum in the vast void of space. Isn't that fucking lovely? (laughs) The vacuum bubble would expand at the speed of light and destroy everything in the known universe. Could this have happened when this particle was discovered? Could the very force of the particle's creation have done something destructive to the fabric of space-time? I think abso-fucking-lutely. If you're creating a particle that rips space and time apart, because in reality the universe itself is expanding anyways, but if you're creating... and and space is a vacuum in itself, but you're creating another vacuum? Yeah, you're just kind of playing God. Like, you're playing the universe here. Interesting. It's said that a Higgs boson somewhere out in the universe, not necessarily at at the Large Hadron Collider, not the one that we create, but somewhere in the universe, there's a a Higgs boson that eventually will become unstable, and it'll tip the scales into creating instability within the universe and then create this vacuum bubble. It will eventually happen. It's not a matter of... So are you saying this is one particle? If it hasn't already, though, right? I know that they said there was some ridiculous amount of years, something to like 10 years to the 139th power, like 10 with 59 zeros after it. That's how many years it would take. So, I mean, it's not something that we're ever going to experience and nobody living or listening to this will ever (laughs) ever have to go through unless they give us that fucking microchip bro Uh, but it also is something that could happen within the collider it is something that could possibly go wrong and create that vacuum and create that bubble in an instant we could all just be gone that could be it you wouldn't even know no you would have no you would have no idea i mean it travels at the speed of light it would happen and you would have no warning you would you would know nothing of it it would just be done 
So what do you think the odds are that that had already happened? Who knows while you're sleeping, man. They they also don't know what it would do. So they measure these electrons and protons and particles and all this with their own like power structure. And it's measured with something of the sort of electricity. This vacuum going off would create billions of whatever the measurement of electricity would happen. And it's not known what would happen. It's not known when this bubble keeps going and squishes outward what would happen to physical things. Would we all vaporize? Would we all, the world explode? Would it just, they don't really know. There's no way to really tell without actually doing it. And let's not do that. Let's let's try not to do that. That'd be great. 2020's been shit enough. So let's keep the world intact and not blow it up like the Death Star. <laughs> That'd be great. But what if it's already not intact? What That's... if they fucked it up in 2012? So that brings us to the idea that this particle could have caused a rift between dimensions. Or it may have slowly or instantaneously joined parallel universes. Like we said, things have seemed slightly off and more chaotic since the year 2012. The joining of two different universes or even dimensions could account for the things such as the Mandela effect. The phenomenon that occurs when large groups of people believe that something happened, even though the evidence shows that it isn't true, which circles back into a lot of people believe that CERN blew us the hell up or popped us into a different dimension in 2012. To dive into the Mandala effect a little bit, I don't see it as a mass mismembering. Uh, that's not really a word, but... <laughs> Uh, I would I would dis I would disagree with the Mandela effect really having anything to do with I mean maybe like fake news but other than that I don't know if that has anything to do with the world ending maybe parallel dimensions I don't know about the world ending but that's the whole thing about the Mandela effect regarding the Higgs boson or regarding the intertwining of two different universes you have one or the other so if you look at the Mandela effect the actual memory regarding the name some people thought that nelson mandela died in prison when in fact he got out of prison became president of south africa and then died in 2013 outside of prison you have two different stories there a lot of people believe he died in prison a lot of people believed he went on to become president you have the berenstein bears versus the berenstein bears you have the shack <laughs> shack making some sort of aladdin movie the genie the, shit shazam uh, shazam. Yeah. shazam the luke i am your father one really fucks with me because that's how i remember it being a kid but it's not exactly there's that famous line it's no i am your father but a lot of people think it's luke i am your father is it just a bunch of people that have really bad memories or is there something to it that in another dimension or in another timeline or in another universe like maybe we're both right you know, in their, in their timeline, it was Berenstain Bears. In our timeline, it was Berenstain Bears. It does draw question because there's way too many examples of it for it to just be one big mass false memory. Theoretical physicists say that there's probably infinite dimensions. You are the same person in another dimension but your name might not be Mike. If you're intermingling with other beings that are human beings, but from an alternate dimension, because of all the things that are going on, and in recent news, how the scientists, some scientists are saying that they're working on ways to glimpse into parallel universes, we're living in almost like a glitch, Truman Show-ish, without somebody controlling it. 
I went on to another podcast and I was speaking to them kind of along the same lines of what we're talking about now, multiple dimensions. And you ask anybody of what they understand of dimensions and we live within the third dimension. But technically we live within the fourth dimension because we are also traveling through time, which is why yep. we experience time. But when you get into the fifth and sixth dimensions, then you start moving into gravity and magnetism and you eventually start getting into consciousness and the ability for consciousness to travel from world to world. It's not beyond reason that if there was some sort of intertwining of dimensions, that you have the ability to take the consciousness of a being from a mirror world and bring it to our world or vice versa. Putting CERN aside and creating the Higgs boson and possibly putting us into a alternate dimension, could it just be a natural process of space and time? Put it in this theory, Earth has positive things on it, whether nature is cruel or not, but put human beings in the mix. Since there's so many periods, darker periods than what we're dealing with in our lifetime, in even recent history, 50, 60 years ago, how many times have we intertwined with an alternate reality or dimension that might be of a not evil, but just not the positive of what we go through here? Or is it just a natural process that we go through interdimensional changes? It sounds so weird to say it, but interdimensional changes where maybe a period of time of 25 years, whatever it is, maybe a different period of time where we go through these shit storms. Bad things happen every day. That also brings us back to maybe a previous point when we're talking about Terrence McKenna and him talking about Time Wave Zero. Another part of that in the way that he described it is it's like being amongst sand dunes. You can see the top of the sand dune, but you can't see into the next sand dune, into the peaks and valleys. You can see the peak, but you can't see the valley. It's possible that on the other side of that sand dune or in the next valley, there lies another consciousness or another state of being that exists at the same time as us. So we exist on the same plane in different locations. Let's say we live in the fourth dimension. Within the, the fifth, sixth, and all the way up to the tenth dimension or the twelfth dimension, that all exists within the same space as us. They just exist. Just like overlaid, right? Yes. They exist on different planes of existence. Which could be the reason for increased UFO sightings and weird phenomena and all that stuff happening right now. And now in the age of cell phones, everything's at your thumb. That could also be the uptick in these sightings is that we have it at our fingertips. Literally almost everybody's got a cell phone. We all can take a video of something or a picture. That's kind of along the same lines of what I think ghosts and apparitions are. So I don't necessarily believe that ghosts and apparitions are, I don't really believe that they're the souls or they're the ghosts of people that have died they possibly could be beings of another dimension living in the same plane as us but we can't see them and that's funny that you mentioned that because i actually have almost the identical belief of ghosts i don't know if i agree though because like if that's the case why would they be able to see and interact with our reality but we can't with theirs because their dimension could be higher yeah. We see everything in, in three dimensions, but obviously we live in four dimensions. But like Mike said, if you're talking about the fifth dimension, 
then I guess you're getting into consciousness. That's a whole thing. And then the sixth and seventh and eighth, what, what the fuck is that at this point? If you're talking about what your physical eyes can see as a human being in the third or fourth dimension, imagine if you live in the eighth and all of a sudden you matrixed or glitched into the fourth real quick. This sounds crazy, but who knows that a certain type of solar storm or solar activity happens and that type of radiation causes that dimension to appear on our plane and field. Mike, do you remember how fucking haunted the Tomlinson house was? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff, dude. You have to understand that we as humans only use a certain percentage of our brain. And we only use a certain certain percentage of visual bands of light. We see only certain colors or we see only a certain spectrum of light. Maybe if we had more ability to use our eyes or more ability to expand the use of our brains, then we would be more visually apt or more perceptive to see these things regularly. And I think that's where to tie all McKenna's stuff and Hancock's stuff I think that's where they were aiming at the actual date or turning of time into another cycle of time for at least the Mayans was moving into a a new realm of consciousness. And we clearly moved into a, a new realm of something, whether it's the way we think. And if it is the way we think, then Windows 8 was released. So that <laughs> fucked everything up, you know? <laughs> <I'm just laughs> <laughs> they could have been onto something. They could have been told by somebody else that we're talking about. Zeta Reticuli, star system, who knows? It's not the last time that's going to come up on this show, for sure. Maybe the last time this season. Yes, the last time this season. Probably. <laughs> Maybe we'll slip it into your cerebellum on the live show in a couple weeks, but, mm. you know. Get probed, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it brings us to a really big question. If... The Ethiopian calendar is right, and we are actually currently living in the year 2012. Or the Mayans were dyslexic with all the funny memes that we have in 2012, 2021. Assuming that we're in the year 2012 and we're completely off, it would make sense that the world is seeing some sort of, I guess, cataclysmic era of mankind or definitely terminalist, really chaotic between the ongoing pandemic that we're dealing with just in the United States killed a lot of people yep. and the increased violence all the things going on unfortunately in our country and the volatility of the human psyche i mean people are really hateful right now towards each other very fast sidebar i was in a starbucks drive through yesterday and it was a long drive through you know sunday morning everybody getting their coffee doing their thing and a lady is trying to pull out of a parking space i was blocking her but hey that's where the line was shouldn't have parked there <laughs> But she's laying on her horn and flipping me off, not knowing who I am, what type of person I could be, just screaming at me to move my car. And I didn't because I wanted my, <laughs> I wanted my coffee. So I waited in line patiently like a non-crazy person. And I waved. That happened to me twice yesterday in one day. A guy called me a loser in an in-and-out drive-thru <laughs> for no reason. No reason. Yeah, people are just like impulsively angry now. My point, I mean, get, I get it. This year has been very hard, and if it is 2012, and December 21st, 2012 is actually this year, then we're fucked, if this is the, the train of thought. I wouldn't be surprised. Or if 2021 is the actual number, but between the volatility of everybody and all the things going on, at least 
from our perspective in the United States here. It's possible that humans could be reaching the end of their time on this planet. On the contrary, we had World War II, so that was way worse, at least in a morality standpoint. And could this be the year of the actual demise that everybody was freaking out about eight years ago? I'm not going to shoot that down because, like, if, if you look at this year as a whole, there has been so much fucked up shit that has happened. Like you said, people are incredibly divided. We have the pandemic. We have the riots. The hurricanes this summer across the country were absolutely terrible. The wildfires here. The West Coast blazing. Mm -hmm. This year we had the continent of Australia on fire. Massive locust swarms across all of Africa. Now you're just getting biblical. Yeah, terrifying biblical apocalypse type shit. So uh, maybe maybe they were off. If not, the end of this year, maybe the the beginning of next year. Who knows? Maybe it'll only get worse from here. Keep your chin up. (laughs) Stay tuned for 2021. Yeah, for real. Or keep your chin down and start throwing punches, man. I don't know what to say. Going down the gutter, worldwide mosh pit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you guys remember, we talked a lot about Preston Nichols. He was the main whistleblower of the Montauk Project. He wrote a series of books in the early to late 90s about the Montauk Project. When he wrote the Montauk Project and Experiments in Time in 1992, he wrote claiming that during the time travel experiments at Montauk, they weren't able to time travel past 2012 due to there being no future after that, as if there was like a wall in time at that point. From there, they could only go back, not forward, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's very that's interesting. Wild. Yeah, that's wild. And I, I had to double take it. You know, I had to look into it. And it, it's it's even crazier that he had written this in 1992. You know, unless you were really looking into the Mayan calendar in the 90s and, you know, writing that in your book, I feel like you can't call bullshit at that. It's strange. If you're talking... 1992 and we're and you know some people are blaming on cern and the higgs boson particle in 2012 or the mayan calendar and the way that it computes to now that didn't even happen so 1992 mike and i were here did we die in the point is if they couldn't see past 2012 and 1992 that's strange yeah that would mean time travel is real and they knew that Nothing happened after that. Maybe Preston Nichols was part of that reality that veered off into nothing, that disappeared. If the Higgs boson did cause two different dimensions or two different universes, two different parallel universes to collide with each other, then there has to be a point of reality that just doesn't exist. Which would be ours. (laughs) But do you think it's subjective to the individual? Like you said, maybe just Preston Nichols was one of those that diverted so you think that like everyone we see the 7.7 or so billion people on this planet not everybody's living in the same dimension but we can see each other who's to say that your red isn't different than my red it very well could be right right frank that's that's some deep shit i was getting all into that i was like just getting into weed and shit sitting in my bedroom like what if what if my blue is different from your blue blue is fucking mine dude the Nibiru one is, is, is funny, though, is that there was a Planet X that passed by us and hit us. I mean, I would imagine if we got hit by a planet, we would be like, oh, fuck, what is that? And then done. It would probably look <laughs> real cool for like six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
initially predicted in May 2003. May 2003 was a great time for me. Actually, it was a turning point in my life. It was when I met all my best friends. And so maybe, maybe we got smacked by a comet. Who knows? Or a planet. So that is the end of the world of our show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that is the apocalyptic end of our ninth debriefing, the 2012 conspiracy. Again, we'd like to thank all of our hushlings for the last nine episodes of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Join us next week for our live show. As Declassified Dave said, make sure to join us for our live show. We will be going over a secret society. We'll be taking a look at that. We'll also be fielding any questions that we got from you guys, our fans, our listeners. Make sure if you want any of your questions or topics covered to email us at hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. Maybe you want to ask questions about the year 2012. Maybe you want to talk about aliens. Maybe you want to talk about cryptids. Maybe you want to talk about what's going to happen in season two. Send all your questions over. Reach out to us. You can also find us on all social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and especially on Twitter. Also head over to our YouTube channel where we have all the audio of all these episodes up. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Ding, ding, ding. And you can get notified every time that we release a new episode. And Hushlings, don't forget to keep an ever-watchful eye out for our Instagram Hush Hush Apparel. Merchandise will definitely be up soon. We'll be making some announcements on our live show, so be sure to stay tuned and tune in on November 9th because we have plenty of things to talk about, whether it's the Secret Society, your questions, reviewing the past season, and revealing new things for the next 10 episodes. Thank you, Hushlings, again, from the bottom of all our hearts at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. This season has been a blast, and we will see you next week at our live show. Hell yeah, son. Come by, get a t-shirt. Dapper Drew. See you in 5,126 years. Yeah. We should do a December 21st episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. Host let's, an end of the world live stream party. Oh, Get live stream world live party. Show. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, let's do that. Tune in December 21st, 2020. Turn up for the end of the fucking world, guys. And if you're in Ethiopia, tune in December 21st, 2012 for the end of the world party. <laughs> do you think we have listeners in Ethiopia? We might. If you're in Ethiopia, reach out. We love you. We love you. We'll send you Take care. the sticker pack or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a lunchbox. Some sunglasses, yeah. some sunscreen. You're on the fucking equator. Take care of your skin. Well, I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. And thanks for joining us on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Until our next debriefing, remember the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.